listening to The Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos. What is up? Welcome into The Coach's Corner, the place to get the inside information from the coaches themselves. I'm your host and head coach of the Venture Academy girls basketball team, Mario Ramos. You can follow me on Twitter, at Corner Ramos. Check out the podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Buhat Colony Athletic Director and former football coach, Kevin Navarra. Coach, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so appreciate you taking some time so we could talk a little bit about working up the coaching ranks, uh, talk about football in that water, and then transitioning from coach to athletic director. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. So, uh, again, you know, we mentioned you worked your way up the ranks, the defensive coordinator. At one point, you were the co-head coach. In total, you spent 27 years on the sideline in some capacity. Uh, can you tell me about your coaching background? What got you into coaching? Was being a head coach and running your program something you'd always envisioned for yourself? Um, I'm not sure if I ever envisioned being a head coach. You know, I was uh, an offensive line coach, defensive line guy when I first began. Um, you know, I'd played offensive line, attended, you know, Merced College, played football out there, and just, just happened to be in one off season. Uh, riding my bike over by Outwater High and a former coach of mine just, you know, kind of talked about whenever I was ready to, you know, get into the coaching side of things, yeah. you know, to, to look them up and um, kind of ended up that way. So, oh. you know, I did, I did offensive line and defensive line at Outwater High for um, eight years, okay. um, worked at all three levels. You know, we had, you know, some really strong teams there in, um, you know, like 94, 95, 96, or maybe it was 96, 97, 98. I get them confused as the years go yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> after you. all these years. I hear you, man. But no, we, you know, we, we had, we made a uh, three section runs, you know, while yeah. I was uh, an assistant coach there at Outwater High. Yes. Uh, we ended up facing Grant, you know, out of the Sacramento area uh-huh. one time. And then um, we faced um, Elk Grove, okay. you know, so, yeah. and we, we ran into a buzzsaw with Elk Grove one time. They had Lance Briggs. Okay. You know, yeah, who yeah, went on yeah. to play at Arizona, the Bears you know, too. so, yeah, yeah you know, I, I had coached under uh, George Zaraki, who was a longtime coach in our particular area at Outwater High. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, just, I kind of focused in on the offensive defensive lines yeah. and, um, you know, obviously everybody gets a, an opportunity to kind of learn the big picture of everything, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, that's kind of it. And then when in, in 2001, I transitioned over to Buhat Colony, yeah. uh, Coach Zaraki became an associate principal here. Um, I got an opportunity to work on campus and kind of picked up from where I left off, you know, um, as far as offense and defensive line. And then it wasn't until um, 2000, I think, nine, when uh, Kevin Swartwood had taken over our program for a couple years, he asked me to become the, the defensive coordinator. And, um, my first response was, oh man, I'm, I'm an O-line <laughs> D-line guy. Yeah. You know, I want to, I'm with the big boys all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, you know, he, he, he mentioned something to me that was important. I mean, sometimes I think as coaches, we doubt ourselves a little bit sure. about maybe the X's and O's. And, uh, the thing that was important to him was he, he said the X's and O's will come as far as understanding all the schemes, but it was the, um, the relationships with the players, mm. you know, and I think that was kind of an eye-opening opportunity for me to realize that yes, I enjoy O line, D line. Yeah. You know, I like that small group. I like working with those those group of individuals. Yeah. Um, but maybe I had a little bit more potential, you know, moving forward. Nice. Yeah. So you mentioned Coach Swartwood. You know, you took over as, as the co head coach and transitioned into the the head coaching role. And it was a pretty smooth transition if you look at the record and the success that you guys were able to sustain. Uh, you know, no major changes in the sense that the offensive and defensive philosophies remained in place. 
But, but how is the program yeah. different under your leadership? How are you able to put your stamp on the Buhat Colony Thunder football program? Um, you know, that was, it was really a hard, hard act to follow. I mean, if you look at our, our years in 2009, making playoffs for the first time, and then to have, you know, three undefeated league seasons and mm-hmm. 10, 11 and 12, yeah. you know, and, and to be able to play in the semifinals. Um, I think for me, one of the things that was important was, and I'm not sure it's so much putting a stamp that it's different, mm-hmm. but it was the key to the relationship, you know, um, for me, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it goes beyond football. You know, for me, it was more about life after life after sports. It was about developing young men. Nice. Um, I just had an opportunity to take a class, you know, just for professional development. I took this on on coaching, and it gave me an opportunity to kind of reflect. And I look back, and like I said, I think that was the key for me with the development of relationships, understanding that there's a bigger picture to sports. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been very fortunate here at Buick to send, you know, a few athletes on to the next level. For sure. Um, but majority of our, our athletes are going to go on and just be good, solid citizens, mm-hmm. you know, in the community or, you know, wherever they end up, um, you know, planting their roots. And so to me, that was more important. And I mean, to, to have alumni come back or contact me and, you know, especially as a transition from a, a former head coach or even assistant coach to head coach and head coach to athletic director yeah. to hear from those guys, you know, I think just kind of was, was proof that, you know, the, the key to the relationships that we've been able to establish. Mario Ramos, pleased to be joined by Buhat Colony Athletic Director and former football coach Kevin Navarra on the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Corner Ramos. You can follow Buhat Colony Football at BC Thunder FB. So, Coach, we talked about that familiarity with the offensive and defensive philosophies, and that stems from the fact that you guys are implementing those philosophies all the way down to the youth level. Now, you're a defensive guy by trade. Uh, can you talk me through your defensive philosophy and also talk about how uh, you guys are, are implementing that at such a, a lower level? Yeah, you know, one of the things, um, we, we run a basic 3-4 defense. You know, it like I said, X and O's, it, to me, that what separates – a lot of coaches from the rest of the pack has a lot to do with technique. You know, it has a lot to do with the the smaller pieces of the process or the puzzle, you know, that kind of complete that big picture for us in a three, four, we felt like it gave us a lot of flexibility. Um, You know, if you look at the average high school athlete, majority of our kids fall somewhere in that, that five, eight to to maybe six foot range. Maybe it's 175 to 205 pounds. And so, you know, you, you look at it and we joke, but our outside linebackers, you know, like, like this past year, we have, you know, we have a couple of good returning kids and uh, Nate Reese, and we lost, a, you know, a couple of great ones and, you know, a kid like Jacob Tenori, but they fell right into that six foot, 200, 205 pound range. You know, in high school, that could be a safety, that can be an outside linebacker, that could be a D lineman, that can be a running back, that could probably yeah. be almost every position on, on the field. You know, so for us, what we were doing is, you know, we were not always blessed with size. We've, we've had some great years where we've had it up front. Um, but for the majority of us, we're, we're like every other public school in the Valley. You know, we, we get what shows up on our doorstep. Um, and we just want to work hard, hard at it, you know? So, you know, we spend a lot of time in the weight room, you know, trying to establish those, those, those average bodies that kind of come in in the high school level. So the flexibility of our defense, we felt like, we, um, to be honest with you, we're we're very simple. We run a um, a true man coverage, and we rotate either from a cover three, you know, and and we rotate sometimes to a cover four just to kind of be safe. And you know, some people even at the youth level, because we we try to implement a seven level program, they go coach, but it, you know that's all you run. And I go, the problem is 
our key was if you're running man, there are so many multiple offenses that you see. There are, there are tight ends, no tight ends, one back, two back, no backs, yeah. you know, running quarterbacks, um, you know, just, just a variety, you know, of, of different types of characters. And we just wanted to be able to be as athletic as possible. And, you know, again, one of my, my philosophies is just to keep it simple. Um, I think when you keep it simple and you put it in the hands of our players, it allows them to play fast. You know, so my philosophy was that our, it kind of starts, you know, up the middle. Our inside linebackers kind of set our front based on what they see, tight end or two backs. And then it goes to our safeties who actually set our coverage. So years ago in probably 2010, um, I pretty much put the hand in the game of our safeties. And because what, what I looked like, what I looked at was, here I was guessing what formation based on down and distance that was going to come, but I wanted the flexibility to be able to adjust based on what they saw and what actually came out. So that's one of the reasons why we stay very simple with what we call cover zero and cover three. And we just, you know, our kids make all the adjustments and sometimes even our lower level coaches and even the youth, because when you watch TV, you know, you, you want to blitz, you want to send this guy, you want to do those things. And for me, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we're lined up right. And even though every team that we play knows exactly how we line up, the key to us was those little things that started in the off season as far as the correct step, hand placement, leverage, you know, and technique, you know, for us was the key, you know. So that's just that's a little bit of the, you know, the the background of, of our defense. So Nice. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, mixing in some cover three with the cover four and stuff like that. Is a lot of that just kind of, you know, taking away the big play and, and you know, kind of baiting the offense maybe to, to take it some risks or some chances that they're not accustomed to taking? Yeah. You know, also it's just, it's, it's keeping things in front. I mean, you know, playing man, you can be very aggressive. So, you know, I, I don't want to downplay it by any means, but when we play true man, yeah, yeah. that means we've been blessed. We've been blessed with athletes, you know, we, and, and if you look at our history over the years, I mean, we've, we've sent, you know, a couple of kids to the pack 12 just from, from a corner yeah. position, you know, and, and to be able to have those individuals, um, allows us to be even more aggressive within the box. Um, our safety is, like I said, intelligent, athletic. And, I mean, we, we played a lot more last year by taking a guy like Trey Pastor, who's at Cal, and we played him at some safety at times, you know, knowing that he was going to probably play that at the next level. But it, it, not even so much because of his athletic ability, it was just because of his intelligence. And when we play a team like mm-hmm. Edison out of Stockton with, with Raleigh Brown, when they put him in the inside slot, we got to be able to match up. You know, so we have safeties that are built for the run and man, and then we have corners that are truly built, you know, to play man. So we learned how to be able to invert that safety in that corner. Um, cover three more along the lines for us could be could be two back run stopping type mentality, or for us, it's just being able to kind of play a zone versus a, a three receiver set. So nice. Now you're speaking my language. You're talking defense. It's really cool. I go all day again talking on that side of the football. But let, let's flip yeah. it. Let's talk uh, the offensive side of the uh, the ball, coach. Uh, you guys are running the fly offense. What what is the fly offense? Talk me through that philosophy when the offense is on, on the field. So the so the fly offense is interesting for me because I was a long time um, veer wing T type guy coming out of Outwater, and okay. you know when Kevin Swartwood came here, we we implemented the fly offense, which obviously he was a longtime offensive coordinator for Mark Speckman at Merced High. Um, and that continued over into Golden Valley. So lots of success in our area. And it's, it's ironic that a lot of our youth teams, uh, because of the Merced, Golden Valley, Buhack years now, um, lots of offenses evolve around the fly. So, so just to kind of put it in perspective is the, the fly offense for us, 
Um, a lot of it has to do with our sweep, and I think that's what it's probably most famous for. You know, you hear the term a jet sweep versus a fly sweep. You know, fly fly yeah. teams obviously. It's the key that I learned about the fly was, especially involving the the sweep, was the perimeter blocking. You know, was the assignments, was the alignments, being able to number. You know, the edge guys, you know, the one, two, three, four, and be able to assign those numbers, you know, double teaming somebody versus single blocks versus, you know, pulling a guard to be able to get him out on that edge. And and for us, some people would always say, you know, if you don't have that guy with speed, um, you know, you're not able to run the fly, which would limit you. But everything that we did within the box of the fly uh, was very similar to wing T. So the short trap, the long trap, you know, the misdirection type type plays. Um, the fly offense also gave us an opportunity to be able to run ISO plays. So, you know, we've evolved and I think it's helped us even as Mark Speckman now at UC Davis, um, you know, shares a lot of his information, um, you know, with us, you know, we've been able to evolve into some more of the modern, I mean, the modern fly. I mean, you know, coach Speckman has, has climbed the ranks of, you know, a college coach into the CFL, you know, and now currently at UC Davis. Wow. So, you know, what he's done is taken the offense, it, a lot to do with the way we run, they run the RPOs, the way they run the spread game, you know, and you always got a guy in motion. And I think it just allows that one extra threat, you know, you know, for, um, for defense that they have to, you know, to be able to have to prepare for. Mario Ramos, pleased to be joined by Buhat Colony, athletic director and former football coach Kevin Navarra on the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Corner Ramos. You can follow Buhat Colony Football at BC Thunder FB. So, Coach, like we mentioned, you spent time on the other side of the town at Atwater High School, obviously run the sidelines for the Thunder as well. So can you talk about football in Atwater and what does football mean to the community, especially when the Thunder and the Falcons come together on a Friday night? Yeah, I think, you know, last year um, our Bloss Bowl, you know, our rival game week 10 was, was probably one of the biggest events that I've seen in over a decade. Um, and I think it's, it's great for the city of Outwater when you get both teams, you know, coming down to the wire, competing for a league championship. And, you know, and I, you know, as even as the athletic director today, um, I would expect the same thing this particular year, you know, you know, everything, uh, obviously continues to move in the right direction and we're able to get back to athletics and, and get our kids, yeah. uh, playing. Um, Outwater High has got a great passion. They've worked hard. You know, I think both, both schools were impacted by the split originally. Um, when I was at Outwater, obviously we were a, kind of a one horse town and, um, you know, the entire community supported Outwater High. You know, you had alumni, our numbers were high, you know, so, and I think anytime you can have high numbers coming out, obviously the opportunity for, you know, your athletes to shine are, are there. Um, I think when you split the city of, you know, say 28 to 30,000 people in half, um, you know, that, that's going to hurt both, both programs. And obviously, you know, both programs have struggled for, a little bit of time to get back up. And, and now you see, you know, I think we may have made the rise here at Buhack a little bit faster than that water to recover. I think they're doing a lot of, a lot of good things over there, you know, as far as, you know, working with the youth, you know, you look at their three levels of football from freshmen all the way to varsity, a um, lot more consistency, a lot more competition, a lot more numbers that are out. So, you know, I look, I look forward to, um, you know, seeing both school, both programs in the city of Outwater, you know, to be competing for a league championship and a playoff spot in the near future here. Mario Ramos, pleased to be joined by Buhat Colony Athletic Director and former football coach Kevin Navarra on the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos podcast. Again, you give me a follow on Twitter at Corner Ramos and follow Buhat Colony Football at BC Thunder FB. 
So, Coach, you kind of touched on it there. You know, we're unprecedented time, making co- constant adjustments to our time frame and our schedules as it relates to sports, which is important to a lot of us, obviously, but, you know, pales in comparison to good health. But it's also a major part of your new job as athletic director. You know, well, what has it been like on the job thus far? You know, it's a, it's a lot of planning. And, you know, and, and like everybody else, it seems like, you know, things are changing weekly to monthly. Um, it's a little bit of a waiting game. You know, we were glad for the CIF to reestablish some sports calendars that are going to allow us to have a plan to get back. I think once we got those those dates and timelines, you know, at least established right now, it provided um, a direction for all of us, you know, to start getting your schedule set, you know, to start getting your athletes. And I think that's probably been the hardest piece. I mean, we returned to workouts about three weeks ago. Um and we were actually probably released a few weeks before that, but due to the air quality that everybody else is battling, unfortunately, you know, in the state of California, um, you know, that put a little bit of a, a restriction on us, you know. So we were shut down for at least a week or a week and a half due to air quality. Um, even today, we monitor, you know, every day as far as the air quality due to some of the fires in our, in our local areas, unfortunately. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, our, our coaches have actually been, been – uh, been troopers. I mean, you know, I look at their flexibility. I look at their ability to be able to get information out to the athletes as quickly as possible. You know, obviously under these conditions, we're working with very specific guidelines and social distancing. You know, our athletes are, you know, wearing masks or sanitizing, you know, their hands or, or sanitizing, you know, workout, you know, um, coaching equipment type things. And it's just, you know, it's, it's good to see the fact that our coaches, you can tell that have a big passion for our athletes, you know, we, and we all know that when we're involved in extracurricular, whether it be sports, band, clubs, you know, anything else going on campus has a, has a huge impact just on our student population, just overall how they do in school. And so I think, you know, lots of us are looking forward to coming back, but we also realize the safety of our, our students have to come first, you know, and I've, I've been very proud to work with a lot of our ADs in our district and in our league you know, to, to establish those guidelines and give us some very specifics, you know, that's, you know, um, protocols that have been approved by the county, you know, for us to follow. And, you know, when I, when I walk out, you know, our coaches are constantly asking questions. When in doubt, we collaborate, we communicate, you know, we just want to make sure we're doing the right things and keeping everybody safe. So, you know, we look forward to getting them back yeah. on the field, you know, here, here real soon. Yeah, definitely. I was just interested, you know, like you said, uh, kind of took the job as athletic director and it's been uh, probably not the normal circumstances. So, you know, it's nice to see that you guys no, are able to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit um, and doing it in a safe manner. Cause like you, you nailed it, you know, um, perfectly there when you said it, you know, we want to get back to what we're doing, but we want to make sure we're doing it, you know, safely. Yeah. And I think it's going to look, you know, it's going to look different moving forward. And I mean, you know, as, as the athletic director now, you know, I got to have a different perspective. I mean, I, and I, and I understand when my coaches, you know, they're hungry to get back and they want to get out and they want to see their athletes and they want to, you know, what happens is, you know, season one now, you know, you get your, your season one coaches prepping, you know, what we're working on in our area is just trying to establish a timeline for that because December 7th is supposed to be the official, you know, first practice for season one. Um, here we are now a couple months away. So, you know, I guess you could kind of relate this to our summer, you know, um, with the only exception, obviously the CIF has relaxed the dead period restrictions. So you have a two month window, but you know, everybody knows, I mean, some of the concerns I have is just the fact that we haven't been able to be in a facility. We haven't been able to be in a weight room. Um, for us in our program, that that's been the backbone, I think for our success. Uh, Jerry Dietz, our new, you know, head coach, 
here at Buhack has been my offensive coordinator and strength coach for, you know, for the, for the, um, for a period of time. And that's the one thing we discussed the most is, you know, he's doing some online zooms. We have some home workouts that we're trying to do, but the concerns I have, it's the little things that we used to do with plyos and, and stretching and the ligaments and soft tissue. And when you watch the college and the pro game now, you know, you're seeing some of those injuries. Some of those are, are injuries that would occur under, you know, probably normal circumstances. Um, but some of those ankles and some of these guys that are missing, I mean, baseball pitchers, as they came back, they didn't have the proper way, either a normal throwing routine and progression as they would during spring ball. And you could see a few more arm injuries occurring a little bit easier. So those, those are things that um, I know we're all concerned with and we're all going to have to face it. So, you know, I know it's, it's, it's a level playing field, but obviously the, the safety of our athletes is always number one, you know, so we've always spent a lot of time in the off season, you know, establishing the weight room. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, we, we, in our area, we're restricted a little bit as far as, what we can do during an athletic period. And, and I'm a big believer, you know, in multi-sport athletes, you know, so we want our kids playing, you know, at least two. And if they can pull off three, that's great. Um, but yeah. the kids that used to stay with me during my athletic period, we focused in on running, you know, amphitheaters. We worked on Mr. on changing directions. We worked on, you know, just different type of, of agility type movements, because what we do is we, we have a zero period uh, under normal circumstances, we haven't been able to bring them in because we're not allowed inside. But we lift three days, a, you know, uh, three days a week in the morning at six thirty in the morning before school starts. So that's usually where we, you know, we've evolved and got our our main lifting in, um, you know, and, and not just football anymore. I mean, over the years we've evolved. We our coach Wakefield, our our head baseball coach, um, has bought into the weight room and in the off season. So sometimes we have eighty five to ninety athletes, varsity athletes, in our weight room in the morning. Wow you know, through various stations inside and outside. Um, and that's just kind of been my philosophy. Awesome. And that, that's going to kind of continue as the athletic director. I want to see, you know, all of our head coaches working together. I don't want to see us, you know, trying to just, you know, pigeonhole athletes into one sport. I want our kids to have, you know, the opportunity to do multiple things. And at a young age, it always happens. I think it's a little bit more of the older age, you know. But, you know, a good example yeah. is, a uh, young man named Jake Sapien, who's, you know, has got a scholarship offer to Stanford to pitch, you know, he played, um, nice. you know, three years of basketball. And now he's going to be battled with, you know, which one does he choose in the, um, you know, season two? Well, our head baseball coach of all these years, um, he wants to make it work. He wants to be able to allow, you know, Jake the opportunity to be able to go on the basketball court. And our new That's basketball cool. coach, Ying Mua, uh, is willing to sit down with the coach, you know, let's talk about a plan. Let's make sure these guys are prepared. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and I would feel a lot more confident if, you know, like I said, Jake's been part of us since he's a freshman in our zero period weight training class, you know? And so, um, like I said, it's just, it's, it's a little bit of a, a collab model. Um, but I think this year, this year in particular, we're going to have to think outside the box. I think what we have to do is keep our student athletes interest first, you know, if we can work a couple multiple sport athletes into some things and some sharing, um, I think it's definitely doable. Um, but, you know, obviously, like I said, we'll have to monitor the amount of activity, the hours and, and the, you know, the strenuous activity that it's taking on the body, you know, just to make sure that we're, we're keeping everybody safe. It's the most important thing to make sure we're keeping everybody safe. But we're all looking forward yeah. to getting back out there. And we're looking forward to seeing what you do uh, there as athletic director with the Buhat Colony Thunder. I did some great things with the football team. So, Expect nothing less with the rest of the programs there. Coach Kevin Navarra, thanks for taking some time, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
I want to thank you guys for listening to the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos. And you can follow me on Twitter at Corner Ramos. And be sure to catch more of the Coach's Corner podcast with Mario Ramos on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Special thanks to Kevin Navarra. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.